0: This is Todd from Washington State. Please don't listen to I Doubt It with Dalamore. Don't listen to it.
1: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dallimore. All right. Coming at you from the armpit that is the greater Los Angeles area. Thank you for joining us on this 221st episode of I Doubt It with Dallimore. I am your host, Jesse Dallimore, and sitting across from me, The lady who has been with me 221 plus times and still bangs her face on the microphone. Uh, The lovely yet questionably talented Brittany Page.
2: I thought that (laughs) there was a possibility that maybe, just maybe, you wouldn't notice.
1: No fucking chance. Not a chance, Lance.
2: Well... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that you have to deal with this.
1: We've already... We had dinner the other night with some people and explained Brittany's... The learning process that Britney has gone through to become the professional broadcaster that she is at this time. Well, and,
2: obviously not.
1: And I was explaining to them that Brittany has a, 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 a tendency to... Your drink's getting set down like a madman. You're banging your face into the microphone when it's right in front of your eyes. (laughs) And I explained to these people
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that Ikea sells these giant coasters. They're like plate-sized coasters. Yes. And your side of the table Mm
2: -hmm. is
1: covered in those coasters as to prevent the crazy noises that come from your side.
2: Yeah, I have to have a soundproof area in order to do the show effectively. (laughs) And still, to no avail. And still, I'm smashing my face into the... Well, there's no cure for that. I don't... (laughs) What am I supposed to do? I don't know. I think I'm I'm so depressed right now.
1: God damn. Because
2: it's getting ready to be hot again.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, we're not going to get into the weather. Again, the armpit. I'm just saying,
2: I'm trying to find a solution. Well... An explanation. Just think
1: positively, Brittany Page. Okay. All right. Well, before we move on, uh, I want to talk about. I was on Atheist Nomads, their their newest episode, which will be released, I guess, with this one. Hmm. In tandem on Thursday. Nice. And it was. It's always interesting to me. It was a really great time. Uh, Dustin and Wes uh, are awesome guys, So they do a great show over there. They really do. Um, an awesome show they get some great guests and it's a lively beautiful conversation the, the, the kind of things that we we really strive for here mm-hmm. the good conversation and I was a kind of a last minute like oh shit somebody canceled on us and I volunteered mm-hmm. to, to go on and it was kind of a roundtable they had a couple other guys on as well as me. but I always find it interesting, especially when speaking to atheists
2: mm-hmm. when
1: I, drop the bomb that I'm well it shouldn't be a fucking bomb but when I say yeah you know, I kind of lean conservative
2: dun 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 that is
1: exactly right it's like <laughs> it's it's either a lot of pushback and holes and <laughs> which it wasn't in this case mm-hmm. it was just awkward silence
2: well, conservative, I think, to people, it means Republican, right? Yeah, they kind of conflate the terms. So it
1: shouldn't be that way, though.
2: When they hear conservative, they think right wing Republican. Yeah, which is also associated with the religious right. So I think there's yeah. some cognitive dissonance there, where atheists hear, "Wait, you're atheist and you're on on the right?"
1: What? Yeah, but I, then I always what I'm going to have to do is come up with a better term because. It, get, it raises people's hackles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like a dog or a cat who's getting ready to fight. And, argh, you know, they, they, it just... It, it rubs people the wrong way. I had a conversation just last week where someone was t- telling me about a conversation they had about me with someone else in which they called me a Republican, <laughs> which... I guess it kind of it's fitting that I had the same reaction that a lot of atheists have when I say that I lean conservative.
2: You were horrified.
1: I was fucking almost angry about it. I'm like, <laughs> wow, What are you talking about? I'm not a goddamn Republican. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> well, where are they getting that, though? Are well, they?
1: I think people just automatically equate conservative with Republican. And that's not necessarily the case
2: right cuz typically political orientation is divided into like social and economic issues typically yeah and so people can be conservative on economic issues but liberal on social issues so they can kind of it isn't just this two party system and everyone fits n- neatly into these right. two it, sides it's a there's spectrum. people that don't you know right and they are more toward the middle or maybe a little on the right side but still toward the middle. And I'm
1: faintly over I'm faintly right of center. Maybe not even that. I might be dead right in the fucking middle. Straight centrist. Yeah. You what? What's the shitty attitude?
2: I don't what Excuse me?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you What do you What do you what's the implication?
2: Well, I don't think well, I don't know. No, oh,
1: now you're fucking backpedaling.
2: Um, you're getting more.
1: I wish I had cartoon music of like Fred Flintstone <laughs> running.
2: <laughs> you're getting more. You're getting more liberal. I think as time goes on. Well, maybe so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Then mm-hmm. that I'm okay with that, as I receive and process new information. And I logically work through things. Look, it's been a long, it's been a long journey out of Christianity, even though it's been, you know, 20 fucking years, mm-hmm. almost 20 years, mm-hmm. it's still I have the vestiges of the shitty remnants from from the religion, from the the brainwashing. And certain things I lean, you know, I like the government to stay the fuck away from me. There are, there are certain tenets of libertarianism, little l libertarianism that I, I kind of get down on. I'm I'm a I'm a free man. You're a free woman. You should be left to your own devices as long as you're not hurting other people. Yeah, you know that's that that appeals to me. Mhm. Wow. <laughs> Fucking hate. All right. Well, let's get to some voicemails before this gets dirty. Um, We talked last time about the Obama speech and kind of juxtaposed Trump's rhetoric against President Obama in the waning years of his presidency, and we released as bonus content the full remarks of President Obama at Hiroshima, and it resonated with a listener.
3: Hey, it's your old buddy Jeremy from Kansas. Uh, how you doing, Jesse? How you doing, Brittany? I just want to drop you a line. I've just been uh, doing the dishes, listening to uh, the Obama at Hiroshima speech that you left on your feed. I just got done listening to some other random podcast, and then this speech came on, and I remembered, you know what? I was going to look for this, and I never did. I'm just going to sit here and, and, you know, take it all in. And oh my God, what a beautiful speech that was. I mean, I'm serious. I I I might be some sort of you know, Obama, Obama apologist, but listening to that, there's not a single word that was wasted, not a single sentence, a single phrase, in my opinion, that was wasted in that speech. I mean, it it could go down as one of the better speeches I've ever heard. Regardless, the reason why I bring this up is the fact that you guys, painstakingly, um, allow for things like that to, uh, to... You play the whole thing, is what I'm saying. You don't... Uh, Take the easy way out with sound bites and uh, quick little bits that makes, uh, you know, one team say, yay for us. And the other team say, oh, boo, how dare they say that? that. You let us, as listeners, take in the whole thing and observe it for ourselves and make up our own minds. Uh, and that's cool. it's something that I, I don't see from other shows. I don't see it happening anywhere else in any other, any other podcast, any other news outlet you know, there are times where you just let it just go. Sometimes it gets uncomfortable, but it all comes back to, oh, God damn it, I'm glad I heard all that. So, I don't know, keep up the good work. And you know what? Uh, I don't want to make you guys too happy. Uh, i got to keep you honest. Um, so I guess I'm just going to say I never listened to I Doubt It With Dollamore, so therefore I have no idea what I'm talking about in this little soundbite. But good job doing all of that that I just mentioned before.
1: Well, thank you, Jeremy. We appreciate the, the voicemail, the critique, the sentiment. Um, it's exactly what we go for. I do know that our clips go a little deep. They go a so, little, little long sometimes. And I, th- I would rather err on a little long than not enough information and not enough context.
2: Right, because, you know, if you watch the news and they play a sound bite and then they cut it off, you know, mid-sentence and you're kind of wondering... Well, wait a minute. Right. What was the rest of yeah, that? Yeah, what
1: was the rest? I'm left wanting all the time. Right. Where it's they want to just hit it and quit it. G- get in, get out, tell their fucking, their agenda for the story. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have an agenda. Of course, I'm anti-Trump. Of course. I'm not hiding <laughs> that, but I want to give the full spectrum. You know what I mean?
2: Yes. Yeah,
1: I hope so. And
2: it's being noticed.
1: I'm glad. <laughs> That it's being noticed. If you, too, would like to sound off and communicate with us, moving the conversation forward, you can call 657-464-7609. Again, 657-464-7609. You can leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail, or you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at
2: so before we move on, I want to ask the audience to review us on iTunes.
1: Oh, well, thank you for remembering to do that. That's awesome.
2: And remember, you cannot use profanity because they will not post it. <laughs> it's a
1: fucking shame. It, it, it's a bummer because I think a lot of our reviews get filtered because I have such a adult mouth that they just figure, ah, it'll fit right in with the show.
2: Right. So give us a review and I want to read a review that we received (laughs) because it's funny to me. So it's a four star review out of five. Four stars. Okay. So we got one taken away. It says, in my top 10 of podcasts, great show, definitely worth a try. And four star? Yeah. In their top 10. (laughs) We are in their top 10, but not five stars. What does it take?
1: That person must be listening to some shitty, shitty podcasts if or maybe they're the greatest podcasts and we're at number 10 and then we're just. Uh...
2: Yeah, we're on the way out. <laughs> like... We're on the way out of the list.
1: Oh uh, Well, at least they didn't say that I I try to pronounce every word. Yes. That was, I think, a two-star.
2: So we got another review. I recently started listening and am finding it very entertaining and informative. Best of all, it makes me laugh at things that sometimes make me want to cry.
1: Yeah. Welcome to my fucking world, listener. <laughs> that, is, that, that encapsulates how I feel almost every single day about where we are politically in this country.
2: Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for your reviews. And if you haven't reviewed, please do. We really appreciate it.
1: Really, we really, really appreciate it. All right, let's get on with some follow-up. We have been covering the mess related to the trans bathroom access issue. And we have talked about the the insane fervor... Are
4: you going to let the devil rape your children, America? The
1: insane fervor that the religious right has brought to this issue. Well, recently on one of those right-wing radio-slash-podcast Rios or, you know, one of those other shows, a woman who is an organizer for the anti-trans access side of things, the Christian side of things, she lets it slip inside of an interview that they have organized in a premeditated fashion to have men regular old dudes who are anti-trans access to go into the bathrooms in order to scare and to gin up fear about this issue with the general public.
5: Target's actually lying. They're not an inclusive company at all, are they? They're, they're trying to exclude people, are they not? And they're trying to exclude people that are decent, hardworking people that don't want their four-year-old daughter to have to go into a bathroom with a guy in a beard
3: in a dress is that not correct
6: well well it's absolutely this is going to be the net effect you know i think the there is no question that when you say there are no barriers in the bathroom and that if men or women feel like they are men or women the opposite of what however they were they are equipped and you have no restrictions the net effect will be people will not be stopped we've already had people testing this going into targets and men trying to go into bathrooms, There, there is absolutely no barrier. And so uh, the chief concern, even more than just, I think, the trauma for certainly little girls of having men dressed like women coming in their bathrooms, the chief concern of the American Family Association is the predators who will take advantage.
1: Goddamn. Lies, propaganda, ridiculousness w- with wild assertions. And also that they are letting they're dispatching men to go into target bathrooms cause trying to gin up controversy which in turn is going to make you know a certain sector of the american population afraid of public bathrooms and trans people in public bathrooms
2: well i love how he i don't love how he said right. that it's going to be a man in a dress with a beard. Again... I just wrote that down. What, where are you getting this information? I mean, where are you hearing about this yeah, happening? Where is
1: that happening?
2: I just don't understand. They're just making things up.
1: They act like... Members of the trans community are these bold, aggressive people. It's not that they are a marginalized group who is likely often in fear for their own safety because of possible persecution or actual violence against them because of who they are, because of what they are. It's a sickening distortion of what reality actually is. And and the problem is, there is a, a vast number of Americans, a segment of America, who buys right into this.
2: Well, the thing is, you're witnessing these people grasping at straws because they know they're losing. In fact, the president of the uh, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary said this week, quote, we are on the losing side of a massive change that's not going to be reversed in all likelihood in our lifetimes. Christians must adapt to the changed cultural circumstances by finding a way to live faithfully in a world in which we're going to be a moral exception. So they're starting to understand.
1: Yeah, I mean, as shitty as that is that he said, at least it is acknowledging, hey, look, it's a it's a new world out there, and let's just fucking grin and bear it.
2: Right, and you are losing.
1: They've lost. I mean, it is... I've made the analogy before. You chop a chicken's head off, and it still runs around in these thrashes of right before it dies. That's what's happening right now. And I would suspect it's still... There is still going to be... Bad things happen. It's going to get a little worse before it ultimately gets better over the course of the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. So we will see. All right. Well, the next piece of follow up is about Harambe, the silverback gorilla that was unfortunately had to be put down because a three or a four year old child had fallen into his uh, enclosure into his little little cell there or giant cell, as it were, and the the zoo officials were forced to make a very tough call and put him down. Well, we've already covered all that, but Rush Limbaugh, god damn, I don't know how anybody listens to that guy's fucking show. And it may, it almost offends me that we had the lady call in and say she never listens to I Doubt With Dollamore because I sound like Rush Limbaugh. Yikes. <laughs> well, we're going to get a hear right now just how much I don't sound like like Rush Limbaugh, but he went off on this tirade. It makes me wonder when the usefulness of his career is going to just go away, when it's just going to see the demise of the career of Rush Limbaugh. But he went on this tirade about the Harambe thing, and it covered PETA, making fun of PETA, which you know is justifiable or at least understandable from my point of view. And then he went into this weird, like, anti-evolution, but not given what exactly evolution
7: is. Y- you be the judge. On the zoo staff, could have walked in there, you know, with a plate of food or what have you, or just with good vibes. Hey, Harambi, how are you? You know, that thing you have that's not supposed to be here. hand him over. Whatever they were going to do to get the gorilla to hand over his toy. Go well, the audio sound bites. Did not much here, but I want to illustrate. We have, uh, who is this? Where is this? What did I do with this? Oh, here it is. Number 15, Ashley Byrne. This was yesterday on CNN's newsroom in the morning. Carol Costello. This is PETA. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, senior campaigner, Ashley Byrne. Question, do you agree that zoo officials had to kill a gorilla because they say they couldn't take a chance a gorilla would react badly if they shot him with a tranquilizer dart?
6: In many circumstances, gorillas have shown that they can be protective of children or small beings frankly, the fact that this gorilla was in the Cincinnati Zoo in the first place, that's the first place that the situation went wrong, because even under the best circumstances, captivity is never adequate for gorillas and other primates. And in cases like this, we see that it's even deadly. And this tragedy is exactly why Peter urges families to stay away from any facility, zoos, circuses, or otherwise, that displays animals as a sideshow for humans to gawk at.
7: Animals is a sight. This woman obviously has not read Genesis, and even if she did, it wouldn't have any impact on her. What? But human beings travel all over the world to gawk at animals, precisely because they're unusual, they're interesting. Some are cute, some are deadly, some... There's no way human beings are going to not be interested in animals. Gawking at them out on safari, hunting them or what have By the way... You know there's another factor in this, Snurdly? A lot of people think that all of us used to be apes.
1: Here it comes. Don't
7: doubt me on this. A lot of people think that all of us used to be gorillas. Nope. And they're looking for the missing link out there. The evolution crowd. They think we were originally apes. I've always had, if we were the original apes, then how come Harambee is still an ape? And how come he didn't become one of us? Uh, well, that's why they were looking for the missing link, Mister Limbo. Your question is the third. Here's one more from <laughs> Ashley Byrne. Goddamn, Peter. Uh, you know the gorilla's endangered. He was 17 years old. They've had him for quite a long time. He was 17 years old, and reports say that he had a, a
6: young baby of his own, who of course is now without a father. So, you know, again, I think this shows us the tragic. Side of keeping animals in zoos for our entertainment. But it can go horribly wrong, and that the zoo failed Harambe by taking the risk that something like this could happen.
7: So Harambe's child is now without a father, uh, one of the many unfortunate uh, aspects of this. So another busted gorilla home at the Cincinnati Zoo
2: So it's strange to me that Rush Limbaugh made it to 65 years old without (laughs) understanding the basic concepts of evolution. Yeah, listen. uh, We did not evolve from monkeys.
1: Absolutely. We
2: share a common ancestor.
1: That is right.
2: We, We evolved. We both evolved from this common ancestor. Which
1: no longer exists because we evolved. And so. It's not chimpanzee. It's not ape. It's not silverback gorilla. That's not what evolution explains relative to our becoming what we are now.
2: I just, uh, this is something that really frustrates me about human beings, and I think it's too common. <laughs> you're,
1: I think you're being very kind to Rush Limbaugh.
2: <laughs> well, I, I know people like this. I have people in my life like this yeah, that yeah. that don't care about education, that say, this is what I believe. These are my opinions. I'm good with where they are. I don't need new information.
1: And nothing you say will change my mind.
2: Right. Where Rush Limbaugh, you are wrong about this. And right. all it takes is to read and understand the theory of evolution. That's it. That's all it would take. Right. And you're flat out wrong. I mean, this is like a fact, you know? This isn't something that you can have an opinion about because it's just a fact. It
1: would take a cursory search on fucking YouTube. You could probably find a two-minute video which would explain exactly where you're wrong about evolution.
2: And then I get further frustrated thinking of the...
1: The PETA lady?
2: No, (laughs) however many people listen to him. Yeah. And... Are and sitting he's their, there resource right? Are sitting there thinking, well, yeah, that's a great question. You know,
1: Rush Limbaugh makes two hundred million dollars a year. He must be right.
2: I, I just, how can you make it to sixty-five <laughs> years old and still be asking that question?
1: Yeah, it, it it is baffling. But then you know, he it's kind of a soft target there because he's talking to someone or talking about someone who is making. You know, I, there are some some elements to the PETA argument that I think are, you know, worth a conversation about. But they don't do themselves any favors relative to public relations, and she ends up being an easy an easy mark to make jokes about. Kind of like he's an easy mark for us. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. We have one more piece of follow up. Good news in the follow-up segment. We talked last time about Fig Restaurant and three ladies who thwarted a date rape. Someone had drugged in front of them, drugged their date's drink, and they stepped in, and things have worked out absolutely for the better.
2: Michael Sue, twenty-four, has been arrested on charges of intent to commit rape and drugging with the intent to commit rape. Santa Monica police also say they have viewed surveillance footage of the incident and have also taken the drink as evidence. Sue is being held on one million dollars bail.
1: Yeah, good news. And which means at the very least, he has to come up with a hundred thousand dollars to pay a bail bondsman, a bail bondsman to get the fuck out of jail. So he's, he's not, he doesn't have to come up with a million bucks, but the very least he has to come up with 10%, which is a hundred grand.
2: Right. So they have the evidence that he did it. It was confirmed that he had several other yeah. vials of whatever substance. Goddamn. And so they got him.
1: Good. Very, very good news. All right.
2: Support
4: for I Doubt It with Dolomore comes from generous engaged intelligent and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of patreon you can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time if you too would like to become a supporter please visit patreon.com/ I doubt it with
1: so I've got an idea, and I want some help from the audience. I'd like to start a new series of like interviews that would be like bonus content. Um, And I'd like kind of the audience to give us some recommendations on who they'd like to hear us talk to. Whether it be other podcasters, or whether it be newsmakers, whether it be uh, authors, or professors, or whoever. Somebody you'd like to hear us talk to let us know. You can email it at com, or you can tweet us at idoubtitpodcast. But I think this would be a good way to provide some bonus content brought to you by our PayPal and Patreon supporters. Um, and I just, you know, I'd like to solicit the audience to give us some ideas. So if you would do that, we would be very, very grateful.
2: Yes, we would.
1: <laughs> Backing me up. Brittany <laughs> Page. democracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Donald Trump, once again, always perpetually in the fucking news. But Donald Trump, back in July, I believe, was it was later than that, wasn't it? The the Fox News debate that he skipped and decided to do his own thing. I think it was maybe July because it was mm. right during the Ohio, during the Iowa caucus, that that whole election cycle period. And he hosted his own separate private event to raise money for veterans. Yep. This is a long time ago mm-hmm. that this happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the media has been asking questions about the alleged six million dollars. That was raised.
2: How dare they?
1: Right. Well, he finally came out and announced that he had given the money. And what's interesting is apparently the checks were dated. Many, many of the checks were dated on the 25th of May. I think that's the date. The same day that the Washington Post published an expose about the fact that a lot of this money had not been allocated to veterans' groups.
2: Right, it was May 24th, so according to an Associated Press investigation, Trump sent checks to many of the groups on May 24th, the same day as the Washington Post story. Trump has come under fire for refusing to disclose which charities had allegedly received the funds, but during a Tuesday press conference, he named 41 vets' organizations.
1: So months and months... And months went by without him allocating the money, without him writing checks and giving money.
2: I should also say that one of the more prominent groups, the Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation, confirmed to the Associated Press that it received its check on May 24th, despite the campaign previously telling The Washington Post that the scholarship fund's donation had already been distributed. Right. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So he says, oh yeah, we gave all this money, we've done all this good stuff, it's all charity, I don't want any credit, I don't want any credit, but we've done all this great stuff, and it's only after media scrutiny that we find out, no, he didn't. And right. then he finally comes out and gives us a list, and most of these charities, a, a, a large number of these charities, only got their money because the Washington Post wrote a, a big article Pointing out that they hadn't got their money.
2: Now, this is exactly the kind of behavior that I want in a president. Right. This isn't shady That's at right. all. Right?
1: So, the other day, Donald Trump hosted this, This rather than just release the, a press release and give the names to the media, <laughs> he gets on stage with veterans behind him and makes it a fucking spectacle for everyone to see. For an hour. Well, Brittany, he doesn't want any credit. He just wants to be, you know, he just wants to do good and and give give to charity secretly. He doesn't need a bunch of credit for it. Yeah. He doesn't need a bunch of TV time for it. An hour. Yeah. Well, the audio of his speech was
2: 38
1: minutes, and I've broken it down to about four minutes of the best parts.
2: Oh, you're not going to be releasing the whole thing as a separate audio track?
1: Nope.
2: Is it? Is it not inspiring? or No,
1: no, it is not. And I really listen. I listened to the whole fucking thing. So you're welcome. I took a bullet for you, audience. I took a big, fat, orange bullet for you. And in this clip, Donald Trump, one, talks a lot about how he does not want credit while he's on every single network. And he also attacks the media, which I just got to think that's a losing battle.
5: And instead of being like, thank you very much, Mr. Trump, or Trump did a good job, everyone would say, who got it, who got it, who got it? And you make me look very bad. I have never received such bad publicity for doing such a good job. So I will give you the names if that's what you want, right? Okay. Are you ready? I brought them here. Just a
1: verification process that is. Because
5: natural. I wanted to make this out of the goodness of my heart. I didn't want to do this with the press is all involved. But isn't it our obligation? And all of a everybody's called, so- where did it go? Who did it go to? Then we said who it went to. Then we said how much was it. Uh, uh, we gave. Fu- Look, when this started, I think you were there. I said if we could raise a million dollars, that would be good. And we ended up raising almost six million. And I'm going to have more coming in over a period of time.
1: But don't you believe you should be accountable to the people? And- uh, oh, I'm totally accountable. But I didn't want to have
5: credit for it. Now, actually, though, what I got was worse than credit because they were questioning me. Trump, and I'm happy to do it. I didn't want the credit for it, but it was very unfair that the press treated us so badly. Oh, go ahead. To follow up on that, you keep calling us the dishonest press, the disgusting well, press. Well, generally speaking, that's 100% true. Go but ahead. I disagree with that, sir. And I, if I can ask you this question, it, it seems as though you're resistant to scrutiny, the kind of scrutiny that comes with running for president of the United States. I you're like saying scrutiny, you're- but you know what? When I raise money — excuse me, excuse me. I've watched you on television. You're a real beauty. Uh, When I raise money for the veterans, and it's a massive amount of money, find out how much Hillary Clinton's given to the veterans. Nothing. I I don't want the credit for it, but I shouldn't be lambasted. And remember this. So out of the almost $6 million that was raised, not one penny did I take for administration costs. That's unheard of. Okay.
1: Mr. Trump, writing a million-dollar check is incredibly generous. But the night of that Iowa fundraiser, you said you had raised $6 million. Clearly, you had not. Your critics say you tend to exaggerate, you have a problem with the truth. Is this a prime example? No, I raised
5: almost $6 million. Some of it didn't come through, but more money is coming through than didn't come through. I'm not looking for credit. But what I don't want is when I raise (laughs) millions of dollars, have people say, like, this Sleazy guy right over here from ABC. He's a sleaze in my book. You're a year of sleaze because you do, you know the facts and you know the facts well. Go ahead. Because he was upset, and many of the other groups are very upset. They received a hundred thousand in the mail. They didn't even know what it was for. It was from me. It really the, the bad part about the dishonesty of the media is that people like me will be inclined not to do it anymore. Because why should you raise uh, 5.6 million? And I think I'll go over 6 million pretty easily. Nobody said that we started this out as a small little project where it was less than a million dollars because it just kept mushrooming and building and building it. But nobody talks about that. So we raised um, 5.6 million. We have so many happy groups, uh, so many happy veterans. And then I see these guys, these Hillary Clinton people outside. Now, of course, they don't know the extent. They probably figured, based on reading the press, that Trump didn't make, you know, didn't raise this kind of money.
4: Mr. Trump, you seem particularly bothered by criticism on this. Why? Do you need a thicker skin to run for this office?
5: No, I think that it's bothersome because I love the vets and I've worked hard for the vets. And as you can see, I've given a lot of money and raised a lot of money for the vets. And I think when the press portrays it differently, the press is being very dishonest. So I don't like that. I don't like dishonesty.
2: Yeah, but the press isn't criticizing the vets. They're asking you questions. In fact, they're not even criticizing you. They are doing a
1: service to the vets.
2: They are reporting facts and they're asking you questions. That is all. It's like he's never been in the public eye before. It's like this is his first time doing this.
1: Well, even the vets who were standing behind him, one is a guy named Al Baldezaro, who's a former First First Sergeant Marine, and the guy is not the sharpest knife in the drawer because you should appreciate the media for doing the due diligence and holding someone like Donald Trump's feet to the fire to make sure that that money did get appropriately allocated to these specific veterans groups. God damn!
2: I also don't like how he said, instead of saying, good job, thank you, Mr. Trump, you're asking, who got it, who got it? Yes, that is their job. Right. So they're not there to praise you. They're there to ask you questions. This isn't North Korea.
1: That's right. They're not stroking the great leader.
2: Yes, this is, you're not the. But so- he is.
1: He is an authoritarian. He is a fucking fascist. That's the problem. <laughs> He's letting his true colors show, and apparently there's a massive facet of the United States electorate that really appreciates that kind of leader.
2: Even when he said, oh, some of the money didn't come through, and some of it came through later, and uh, when he was saying all that, very inconsistent, very weird, Yeah, that would have been a great point where someone could have asked a follow-up question and been like, wait a minute, what?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, the problem is you can't just ask a follow-up because- there was one reporter in the crowd who he would not call on. He's like, no, not you, no, and would call on someone else. Anyway, the, the fervor against Trump is really starting to materialize. Glenn Beck was just suspended. His show was just taken off the air. I don't know exactly what's going to be on a permanent basis, But he had a guy named Brad Thor on who made some very incendiary, very troubling remarks with which Glenn Beck agreed.
0: If he gets into the White House, we have to deal with him. And I'll tell you. One of the best examples I have seen of who Trump really is, I have been mistakenly comparing him to a potential Mussolini. And about a week ago, Foreign Affairs did an amazing article about the Caudillos, the strongmen of Latin America, and that is who Trump is. He's a Chavez he is a perone. That is the type of guy he is. And I guarantee you, Glenn, that during his presidency, during his reign, if you will, he is going to petition the American people to allow a temporary suspension of the Constitution so that he can help America get back on his feet again. He is a danger to America. And I got to ask you a question. And this is serious. This could bring down incredible heat on me because I'm about to suggest something very bad. It is a hypothetical. I am going to to ask as a thriller writer, with the feckless, spineless Congress we have, who will stand in the way of Donald Trump overstepping his constitutional authority as president? If Congress won't remove him from office, what patriot will step up and do that if if he oversteps his, uh, his, his mandate as president, his constitutional granted authority, I should say, as president? If he oversteps that, how do we get him out of office? And I don't think there is a legal means available I think it will be a terrible terrible position the American people will be in to get Trump out of office because you won't be able to do it through Congress
1: oh I would I would agree with you on that Um, and I don't think that you actually have the voices we've been talking about this off air for a while I think the voices like ours go away Um, I don't think that we are allowed especially if things and I believe the economy is going to go to go to crap even if Jesus was in office, it's gonna—it's <laughs> going to naturally reset. It has to.
2: Even if
1: God was in office, He couldn't even stop the economy.
2: Oh, that's new. He
1: can stop the legions of demons, <laughs> but uh, sorry, the U.S. economy is just—it's too much.
2: It has to reset. <laughs> At some point, it has to reset.
1: The creator of the universe—he uh, cannot control the United States economy
2: the mighty mighty economy
1: <laughs> well uh, he was clearly he was he was he was suspended because of this and if you didn't catch the part that was the most egregious and listen I might hate Donald Trump uh, that's harsh but I might hate him but to say something like this is over the top. If
0: Congress won't remove him from office, what patriot will step up and do that if, if he oversteps his, uh, his, his mandate as president? He's Listen,
2: talking about someone assassinating him.
1: That's exactly right. We all have the commonality of language. We can understand and, and know what he's talking about. What patriot will step up and remove Donald Trump from office?
2: He means assassinate yeah,
1: him. Outside of the legal uh, recourse that Congress has through the process of impeachment.
2: It is surprising to me that someone would say this on Glenn Beck's radio show. This is something you would see in a YouTube comment section or right. on a Food Network link, probably, <laughs> um, you know, not on Glenn Beck's well, radio show. Here,
1: Listen, I had I, I think I, I, I reflected on this on the show recently that i had someone say this that they'd like to see him get assassinated that they wouldn't mind seeing him get elected because they wouldn't mind seeing a president get assassinated and i Yikes. chastised this person so are you are you out of your fucking mind that
2: would be terrible wait they said they wouldn't mind seeing a president they've get... kind
1: they've always kind of wanted to see a president get assassinated
2: i'm i'm kind of concerned yeah, about it was this ridiculous. person
1: ridiculous And I I explained to them that would be terrible even if it was a Trump. World markets, there would be insane fluctuations. It would be a very problematic situation. Not to mention the fact that it's not just necessarily the individual you don't like that got assassinated. It's a sitting United States president. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's a problem. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I for sure chastised that person, but... This guy is intimating this type of thing. Right. It's irresponsible. And it's no different than when when Donald Trump at a rally, I'll pay your legal bills if you punch someone in the face. It's the same kind of thing where he's, "Ah, he's, he's sideways inciting someone. Which patriot, which good, moral, upstanding man is going to step up? And take Donald Trump out if he gets to be president.
2: Are you going to be a pinhead or are you going to be a patriot? Right.
1: It's a fucking problem. So I think Sirius did the right thing here. I don't know. They'll probably let him back on the air with with the understanding that, yeah, Brad Thor, he doesn't get any fucking air time.
2: That was a Bill O'Reilly reference, yeah. just in case. Right. People aren't watching a lot of Bill O'Reilly. Well, listen, this is not
1: the way to go about dealing with the possibility of a Trump presidency. The way to do it is through a third-party candidate. Bill Kristol is a lifelong conservative, a famous conservative, writes for the National Review, or maybe he's the the editor of the National Review, and he has been mounting a campaign to find a third-party candidate to run against Trump, a true conservative, as he would say. Well, this news upset ben carson and he made the rounds of the media doing interviews and making analogies that are so stupid that only ben carson could make them
8: america right now is like a cruise ship that is about to go off of niagara falls with tremendous carnage and death what you have to do first is recognize the problem stop the ship turn it around, and then move in the other direction. I'm hoping that whoever that third-party candidate is will just stop for a moment and think about what the implications are of allowing Hillary Clinton or someone like her to get in there and they get two to four Supreme Court picks and completely change the nature of this country and destroy the prospects for their children and their grandchildren to have the same opportunities that they had.
1: And destroy the prospects... For their grandchildren and their children. You mean like gay marriage? Is that destroying the prospects for children and grandchildren going forward in this country? Because those are the kind of issues of late that the Supreme Court has been seeing. That they've been deciding upon. Ben Carson. Goddamn.
2: Well, especially with the recent events of like North Korea praising Donald Trump for his various positions, like right. wanting to pull soldiers out of South Korea. They're praising. Well, his... he's a
1: wise politician, I think, is what he said.
2: Right. Um, this kind of thing is what is going to ruin the country, right? right? <laughs> well, not ruin it, but... It's not
1: a third-party candidate that's going to turn America into a cruise ship that happens to be on a river <laughs> that goes into Niagara Falls. What? <laughs> what is he talking about? God oh, damn.
2: Right. He's acting like, you know, Donald Trump is the only candidate who can save the country. Right. Well, no. He, he's actually likely going to do things that He it
3: is did, the
1: so. fucking cruise ship.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Well, here's Bill Crystal talking to Alison Camerota on CNN talking about the different third party options that he is kind of undertaking
4: How about Mitt Romney how about Mitt Romney since he feels so strongly about this why doesn't he step up
9: well you should ask him uh, but again the, 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 what if he just... told you? He's told me that he feels strongly about it. Um, I think he's trying to recruit other people, because I think he thinks correctly that a fresh face, someone who hasn't run before, probably would be great. I mean, someone like Ben Sasse would be terrific. This is the generational contrast with Clinton and Trump. And here's the thing to think about. This person will start off, I think, with 15 20% support. That's what the polls suggest is there for an independent candidate. But when the person makes it onto the debate stage, which you would with 15% in October, against Trump and Hillary, two deeply flawed candidates. Neither of whom should be president of the United States. I think you really do have an outside path to victory. And the people I'm talking to really want to do this. If they do it, they want to have a chance to win. Obviously, it's a long shot. No one's kidding himself here. But I, I, these aren't people who want to do a symbolic race or want to cause trouble. These are people who think the country deserves better than Clinton or Trump.
4: Have you talked to Condoleezza Rice?
9: I think others had talked to her a couple of months ago. She, she's, I think she doesn't think running for office is the best use of of her of her uh, of her abilities, but I think an awful lot of people like and I can't I have not spoken to her so I don't want to speak for her, but I think people like her. Let me put it this way: would welcome a candidate who was not Donald Trump, uh, whose character and judgment are so fundamentally flawed, or Hillary Clinton, who isn't the right person to be president either.
1: Uh, for what it's worth, I could get down on a on a Condoleezza Rice candidacy hmm. because she was kind of opposed to a lot of the, you know, look like she was a, a she served at the pleasure of the president, and she she did what she was told, and she was a servant to her country and her president. But it's it's kind of come out that she wasn't a big fan of everything that the Bush administration did, and she's fucking smart. Mm-hmm. She speaks Russian fluently, which it would be very handy right now. Super smart. Anyway, I don't know. I I think that that would be. I wouldn't jump right behind it, but it's certainly something I would consider.
2: Well, the liberals wouldn't be happy with that. They don't even want her speaking at their college campuses. Yeah,
1: no, they would not. So So, that's all because of the Iraq War, though. Mm -hmm. You know. So uh, the interview continued, and apparently, Breitbart has just gone off the fucking rails more than you could even imagine.
2: Well haven't they endorsed Donald Trump?
1: For sure they're in the Trump camp. They mm-hmm. are big in the Trump that that uh, Milo Yiannopoulos guy
2: mm-hmm. is
1: a Breitbart person. Yes. Well they posted a, there's a headline on their website it was going to say in a, in a magazine or on a paper but they're just online but they had a headline that was very disturbing and I would say borderline racist against Bill Crystal because of his efforts to find a third party candidate and Allison Camerata brought it up and they talked about it a little bit
4: I want to show you the cover of Breitbart I don't know if you've seen this bill they published this I believe about two days ago they uh, say Bill Crystal, Republican spoiler renegade Jew what what does this mean
9: well I don't know you should ask them I I haven't read it and I don't intend to read such a thing I mean it's really well, you should ask them. It's pretty. It's it's. Uh, there are mean? always people like that. It's a big country, a lot of people, and people can build their websites and can engage in, in that kind of rhetoric or or and and put on headlines on pieces like that. I suppose I. Uh, I I think I'm a a proud Jew, I'm a proud Jew, a strong supporter of Israel. I don't think I've ever been called a renegade Jew Hmm. before, that's something new. See, I've been called a lot of things, Allison, over (laughs) 30, 40 years, but never, never renegade Jew. And Republican, spoiler, I I worked in the Reagan and Bush administrations, I've always voted Republican for president. This will be the first election after 11 times voting for a Republican presidential candidate that I can't vote for the Republican nominee. I'm not happy about that. I like the Republican Party, basically. I think what they stand for has been correct over the years, (laughs) anti (laughs) communist Communism, uh tough on crime government, constitutionalism. We've made obviously the Republicans have made mistakes as well. So I'm not happy to say that I can't vote for the Republican nominee.
2: So I looked up this article. It's still online, still has that headline. God damn. Um the it's fucking
1: racist, right? That's shitty, right?
2: It's very, very problematic. God damn. So the top comment on the article though, uh, loser crystal exclamation point
1: wow really
2: we want trump the people's choice stop reading national review
1: renegade jew so
2: now his followers are starting to write comments like he he tweets with the exclamation points and right
1: loser well i've even seen people who have started adopting his fucking hand movements and shit Mm -hmm. it's a weird emulation Adulation, almost like worship. It's a weird thing.
2: Well, I have seen Kaylee McEnany or whatever her name is McEnany, on CNN. Yeah, she's getting more tan with each day that passes. I wonder if that's kind of an homage to <laughs> the Donald as well.
1: Which looks even weirder when you're, you know, bleach blonde, like platinum, crazy blonde. You're like Gwen Stefani blonde, and you've you're, you're like tan mom, the New Jersey tan mom. That's what she is, <laughs> with a Harvard law degree. <laughs>
2: Oh, Kaylee! <laughs> I
1: think it's McKaylee. W-
2: okay, it's Sorry. like the
1: worst. It, her name is the worst, McKaylee McInerney.
2: No, I think it's Kaylee. I think it's Kaylee.
1: Kaylee? Yeah, I fucking don't know. What yeah, are we I doing know. right now? It's
2: somebody, whatever. It's
1: it's something. She's Trust on. Me. She's
2: on CNN twenty four seven. You'll Trust see. Trust me,
1: it's something. <laughs> well, listen, Bill Crystal's not the only one who's voted in eleven elections. And is finally finding himself not able to vote for the Republican nominee. I maybe not voted in 11 elections, but I, you know, I've talked about it. I haven't voted for a Democrat in my time. And this will be the first election. It looks like as of right now, this will be the very first election that I will vote for. Hillary Clinton, the Democratic nominee.
2: What an exciting time.
1: Right, exciting time for Brittany Page. <laughs> well, there are two major Republicans, lifelong Republicans, who are also in this camp.
4: What happens to the Republican Party if Donald Trump becomes the president?
10: That's a scary prospect.
4: So scary to lifelong Republican Doug Elmett that he's left with only one choice.
10: It's going to be an easy vote. Four years of Hillary Clinton is better than one day of Donald Trump as president.
4: Have you ever voted for a Democrat?
10: Never. I've never voted for a Democrat in my entire life.
4: This is more than the Never Trump or Stop Trump movement. Elmits part of Republicans for Hillary. Not just a Twitter hashtag, Elmits is actively urging prominent Republicans to vote for the Democrats. Back when like, you had uh, dark hair.
10: Yeah, back when I had dark hair, I was. A
4: once unthinkable apology. move for a man who worked for President Ronald Reagan through two terms as a White House spokesman and then for the Department of Energy. A Republican operative through four presidential campaigns. A decades long consultant to California's Republican Party.
10: I think Ronald Reagan would be astonished by uh, what has happened. He has managed to hoodwink America into believing that he will lead this country through the fire. I think he will thrust us into the fire.
4: What has been the reaction among all of your Republican friends?
10: They think I've lost my mind.
4: But he's not alone. William Oberdorf, one of the GOP's biggest money contributors, tells CNN, if it is Trump versus Clinton, and there's no viable third-party candidate, I will be voting for Hillary Clinton. Those who disagree are letting Elmett's have it from voicemails you're a disgusting pig I can't even believe you call yourself a decent Republican to emails calling him a disgrace and a socialist to simply shame on you other Republicans choosing a decidedly different path House Speaker Paul Ryan and Senator Lindsey Graham thawing on Trump and Marco Rubio burying his hatchet with a man he once called a con artist.
9: I want to be helpful. I don't want to be harmful because I don't want Hillary Clinton to be president.
4: <laughs> but Trump's harm, argues Elmets, is already unfolding before the electorate.
10: These rallies are not a moment in time. If Donald Trump is elected president you will see these things continue on for years beyond. You believe
4: you're in good company?
10: I believe I'm in great company. They're just afraid to say that they support Hillary Clinton. But I do think that either they will do it publicly at some point or they'll privately do it in the polling booth in November.
4: So how many of these crossover Republicans are there? Well, four recent national polls show that about six to eight percent are Republicans, self-described Republicans who will support Hillary Clinton. Now six to eight percent, that's not a huge number. But here's the important part. In November, if this is a close race, six to eight percent Jim is nothing to scoff at. And Elmits is predicting that Republicans for Hillary is going to gain more traction by November.
1: That's right, they say five to ten percent decides every election. Kim La, thanks very much in LA. And he's not the only one. There's a guy named Colonel, former military man colonel peter mansour you might recognize that name he also is going to vote for hillary clinton over the orange-faced mook donald trump and he lays out
11: a compelling case for why Colonel Mansour, you're a registered Republican. You say you've always voted for a Republican for president. Why are you now planning to vote for a Democrat, for Hillary Clinton, if she gets the nomination?
8: Well, the problem is the Republican candidate, Donald Trump, is not fit to be president. He would be a dangerous uh, person in that office. He would alienate many of America's long-standing allies around the world. He can't be trusted on the nuclear trigger. He lacks the character and the foundation of knowledge necessary to be an effective president. He opposes free trade, a longstanding conservative principle of economics. And he would re- diminish America's moral standing in the world with his stance on Muslims and Mexicans and women. And in all of these various ways, uh, I cannot support him as, as president, nor would I want him in, in, in office. And, and my conclusion, therefore, is I've got to vote for the person who I think has the best chance of beating him, and I think that's Hillary Rodham Clinton.
11: I mean, Donald Trump says, look, a lot of this concern is just political correctness, you know, that uh, he's going to take the fight to ISIS, he's going to obliterate them, uh, that our troops are fighting with one hand tied behind the back, their backs. What does he not understand, in your opinion?
8: Well, is it political correctness to not understand what the n- nuclear triad is, a question he was asked in the debate and completely flubbed? uh is it political correctness to say that nato is anachronistic to, and that we should uh dissolve our alliances with japan and south korea and allow them to develop their own nuclear weapons and thereby abrogate a principle of uh counterproliferation that has been a long standing american policy around the world uh you know there is a lot of things that he says and he he throws up a smoke screen saying well it's just political correctness and in fact if you look at the policies behind what he's advocating, they would be disastrous for the United States as a great power around the world.
11: You know, early on in the campaign, when I was interviewing him, his, he said, you know, his, his plan for ISIS is just bomb the hell out of them, take Iraq's oil. He had talked about, I think, uh, I'm not sure if he now says take Iraq's oil or bomb Iraq's oil, but when he was saying take Iraq's oil, he was saying send in U.S. troops, uh, surround Iraqi oil fields, send in U.S. companies to actually extract the oil uh and and just get the oil does that make any sense to you
8: it makes zero sense 85% of iraq's oil is in uh, the southern part of the country that is not under threat from isis so in fact we would be invading iraq to take its oil and we would be at uh, at war with iraq not with isis um, it, right. it America, seems to me that would American inflame
11: the, the parts of iraq which are not against the us if you steal a sovereign country's oil or take it Uh, that just inflames the entire country against you.
8: If you like the Iraq war, this would be the Iraq war on steroids if we tried to do that.
2: So the Republicans for Hillary movement, I see it being problematic.
1: Problematic for, for Trump or problematic for possibly eventually electing Trump as president?
2: I see it being problematic in terms of Bernie Sanders supporters who are already not wanting to support Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, oh, look, Republicans are going to vote for Hillary Clinton. What does that say about Hillary Clinton? Mm. Failing to see the logic behind it, which is, well, we fear the presidency of Donald Trump.
1: No, I think... Uh, I disagree. I, I disagree with you. I, I think that, one, I think that... the. Those type of passionate Bernie supporters, they're going to lose their passion. They're either not going to vote, or they'll end up voting for Hillary Clinton.
2: When will they lose it? <laughs>
1: well, I mean, he's still in the race, so there's still reason to be passionate. Right. But I don't see a a, a great enough number to make a, a fuss to vote for, for Donald Trump. I, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. But I just see... Those type of people, like eh, yeah, yeah, shitty. I'm gonna lose my. We know some people.
2: That's what are, I'm saying. Who are
1: Bernie people who aren't gonna vote for for Hillary Clinton? No, but they're certainly not gonna vote for fucking Trump.
2: Well, I don't think that they will go vote for Trump, but I'm saying they won't vote for the Hillary out, Clinton, right. right? Which is still somewhat problematic yeah. because we don't need all these people dropping off the map yeah, and just right. not voting at all. Well,
1: I think we made that case a couple episodes ago, where we t- a few episodes ago where we talked about. If you a vote for someone other right now, as it stands, if you vote for, if you refuse to vote for Hillary Clinton, it's a vote for Trump if there's only two people in the race. Now, with the third party, we don't know. We don't know what exactly the makeup will be. And I'm kind of waiting to, to see what happens. Our, our primary is in five days. The California primary is on June 7th. On Tuesday, we will vote. And after the vote, I think I will talk about the person I voted for. But...
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) But right now you're keeping it on the DL.
1: That's right. Well, those two gentlemen are not the only ones who have harsh things to say about Donald Trump. Famed physicist, famed genius, Stephen Hawking. Was interviewed and had very brief but very poignant comments about the candidate. The big story in America is the political story and what's happening with Donald Trump. How would you explain the uh, phenomenon that Donald Trump?
6: I can't. He is such a magog who seems to appeal to the lowest common denominator.
1: He is a demagogue who seems to appeal to the lowest common denominator.
2: I would have to agree.
1: Fuck yeah, we agree. That is, he nailed it. Mm -hmm. He, 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 right on the head. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what is happening. He is a demagogue, a dangerous demagogue, who is appealing to a disaffected lower educated
5: I love the poorly
1: educated segment of our population in this country it makes you wonder though if that reporter was to have you know hey it's just you and me here Stephen <laughs> Professor Hawking um, if you could you know the mics are off let's let's get comfortable oh let's get, god what would you uh, what would you really like to say to Donald Trump shut the fuck up <laughs> no no <laughs> Is there any, is there any other, any other thing you'd like to impart to Donald Trump before we, before we end the the interview?
11: You are a piece of shit.
1: <laughs> I would have really liked to have heard all that a little bit more than just, he's a demagogue who appeals to the lowest common denominator.
2: Now, which interview did you take this from? <laughs> no, that's just
1: hypothetical. Oh, okay. I'm assuming.
2: Okay. Yeah. 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 I Clearly,
1: see it. I, I don't have access to Stephen Hawking, Britney Page. Yeah. Right.
2: I mean, I could see him saying those things. So.
1: It'd be pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. All right. Let us end the show. It's the asshole of today. Texans. Texans are the asshole of today.
2: We've been we've been in this pattern of giving this award to states or the entire population of states. So we're gonna continue yeah. with this theme. Why
1: why 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 stop it? Are you so ready how, for this? Yeah, how are Texans the asshole of today?
2: a wall of dust raced toward Lubbock, Texas on Sunday, and the National Weather Service threw out a word of caution on its Facebook page. A haboob is rapidly approaching the Lubbock Airport and may affect the city as well, the meteorologist wrote. The use of the term haboob, a word with Arabic roots, didn't sit well with some residents. Yeah,
1: and this is a this is a common meteorological term. This is not a something he just made up or he's He's a Muslim who happens to want to use these terms. Listen, the word algebra, Texans, is 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 Islamic. The word algebra. al jabra.
2: Well, they don't like that in Texas either. <laughs> I guess not. Okay. John Fulbright wrote, Haboob, I'm a Texan, not a foreigner from Iraq or Afghanistan. Hang
1: on, hang on.
2: They might have haboobs, but around here, in the panhandle of Texas, we have dust storms. Yee-haw! So would you mind stating it in that way, or I'll find another weather service.
1: <laughs> wow, Uh-oh. that's a fucking strong Oh threat. shit,
2: <laughs> he's going to find another weather service.
1: You keep on using them Muslim terms, I'll find somebody else to get my weather from, son. Uh,
2: so Brenda Daffern added... In Texas, Nimrod, this is called a sandstorm. We've had them for years. If you would like to move to the Middle East, you can call this a haboob. While you reside here, call it a sandstorm. Wow,
1: that those comments, they are the exact timing of that particular banjo clip that we have.
2: Well, it continued, but then you kept me off. So. All
1: right. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: That's All right. <laughs> <laughs> she it? just said, we Texans will appreciate you.
1: Oh, oh! only when you use the English language.
2: Yes. So something that's alarming about this, again, is what people feel comfortable writing online. Yeah. Where you can be featured in a Washington Post article or a Mashable article or a Daily Beast article. It's
1: pretty weird. And they can
2: even take a little screenshot of your little tweet there and put it in <laughs> the article and why would they have
1: a problem, even if it was just a fucking Arabic word? Why would they have a problem with it?
2: And I know they should, you know, behave well without that threat. But you'd <laughs> think that that threat would be enough yeah. to kind of keep them in line, right? Right?
1: But no, no, they're proud, loud and proud. Brittany Page, I so, love the poorly educated. I
2: guess that that guy's gonna have to find a new weather service. No, yeah,
1: maybe he's gonna have to go to Six on Your Side or whatever.
2: Dallas Reigns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's an LA guy whom eh,
2: not a big fan. Well, he'll have to go somewhere.
1: Right. All right. Well, we are going to leave you there. God you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. Spending your hard-earned time with Brittany and Jesse from I Doubt It With Dollamore. We are trying to move the conversation forward episode by episode, and you guys really do make it happen. If you'd like to support the show other than reviewing. Or listening to the show twice a week, you can go to dollamore.com and on the left hand side of the page there's a link that says support the show. There you'll find links to PayPal and Patreon which are ways to directly donate and support the show which we greatly appreciate. Or there's an Amazon link. If you're going to spend your money anyway at Amazon, why not help support your favorite show Filled with news,
2: news,
1: and ridiculous comment. I guess that's it. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dalimore, and this is Ben. I doubt it. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not a goddamn Republican.
2: Yeah.